Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. And um, I'm not kidding, I had goosebumps yesterday at the Capitol as the legislature was adjourning for this session. We were down on first floor with a worship band, with several legislators who were leading the singing, with the governor who was leading in prayer in Jesus' name, and on and on. It was an amazing national day of prayer. By God's grace, the family leader has been asked to host the national day of prayer in Iowa the last several years. Yesterday's, no joke, was the best ever. It was just phenomenal. You guys were there. What'd you think? It's a great turnout, yeah. And I thought it was neat that the session ended the same way it started. On the very first day of session, we had you know prayer, worship, uh, heard the governor speak. And in the last day of session, we had the exact same thing. It, it's just really uh, neat to see. We've got a lot of uh, believers, Christians, in positions of power in the governor's office, uh, attorney general's office, and uh, you know, the legislator. We had legislators pray. Legislators pray yesterday, and it was just really neat to see um, God's influence at the Capitol. Well, that book ending was amazing. That we actually had the fall of the gavel, January 9th, first day of session, during our worship service, and we had the fall of the gavel, close of session, during our worship service. I mean that that's one of those things you know i'm i'm not a mystic i don't hear voices and stuff <laughs> stars aligned but it was like a, a a rainbow landing on an airplane that's bringing refugees you know it was just an amazing amazing thing danny you're zooming in from grinnell today what do you think i'll bet uh, there had well i would say it would have to be have been an encouragement to anybody that was paying attention to see a lineup of a governor a lieutenant governor, a chief of police of, of the largest metropolitan uh, community in the state, followed by the director of the Department of Human Services, uh, the state auditor, and others, but particularly those, uh, those heads of state, as it were, uh, not just attending or uh, participating in some respect, but actually leading in prayer themselves. Um, uh, just very encouraging and really contributed to the energy, along with the quality musical performance from the praise band. And uh, uh, very well attended. And, uh, and then to look down and see that the Senate adjourned uh, just shortly after the prayer time started in the Senate in the House not long after. So yeah, you're right, Chuck. It was a, it was a high point perhaps maybe uh, of the session. I would yeah. Say. And and as I was visiting with people uh after the event particularly but also some uh before the event it it sort of indicated to me a high point spiritually at the Capitol. I mean, we've been praying for decades that God uh, would um, be welcomed back into the seat of government in Iowa, that his Holy Spirit would be the dominant spirit uh, among legislators and lobbyists and so on. And frankly, 33 years ago, that didn't really seem possible. It was a figurative den of snakes. <laughs> and I could tell you some really gross stories about things that were happening 33 years ago at the Capitol. But it's like fruition. It's like 
God has said, okay, you guys are serious. You invited me in. I'll come in. And it just, the place was busting, bursting. (laughs) Dwayne Northquist's word. You know, the the Holy Ghost was was very present yesterday. So it was a fabulous way to end the session. But let's talk for the policy nerds that are listening about some of the amazing policies that happen. And you know, policy matters, folks. If you uh, say no more killing babies, you're going to reduce the number of babies killed. And that's going to matter to each of those babies that lives. If you say no more human trafficking, or in the old days, a century or so ago, a couple centuries ago in in England, if you say no more slavery, 800,000 slaves were released on one day in 1833, I believe, because William Wilberforce and the Clapham group uh, persisted in Parliament for 44 years. And they passed a law that said no more slavery. So policy matters. And we had some really good policy passed that I think is going to matter literally for generations. And right at the top of the list is the Students First Act. Why is it called Students First, Danny or Ryan? What's, what's that about? Students First? What, what do you mean? What happened this year that was so seismic with education well policy. of course as you know it was the education savings accounts or sometimes they're called esas occasionally we give the the tag of parent choice and education but um the reason that the reason is students first i think that that rhetoric basically began last year if not before with governor reynolds and her leadership on this that it was time to put students first not schools not teachers but put parents in charge of students and put students first so that they can go where they will get the best education. And um, the uh, education savings accounts, as you, as you both know, our listeners may recall, eventually after a three-year uh, phase-in, will make uh, about $7,000 per year per student available uh, for parents that want to send their children to a an accredited private school. Yeah, and um, I heard yesterday that the Department of Education has uh, officially issued the rules for parents to sign up. Um, it's moving forward rather quickly. I also heard yesterday there is a waiting list at some good Christian private schools in Iowa. I haven't confirmed this, but I heard 155 kindergartners on the waiting list at one school, Des Moines Christian. So there is a desire, there is a a pent-up desire for something different than the schools that are currently teaching woke ideology, LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera. Something I'm excited to see is just how we can... You know, what schools pop up because of this new uh, opportunity where there's a lot more students that are going to be able to afford to go to a private school now. And so I'm kind of excited to see some you know, entrepreneurship in the education arena. I think, um, was it Representative was it Fisher that's working with somebody to, to help start a private school? Do you guys know more about that? Because I just heard vaguely that he's, he's working on that already. Yeah, that's about all to report on that at the time, Ryan. But uh, yes, uh, there are a group of parents up in the Tama Toledo area that are interested in starting a private school now that there's some assistance available for parents who want to uh, take advantage 
of that option. So we don't hold ourselves out as the bureaucratic geniuses in the state of Iowa on all things private school, but we do know people who are geniuses. And so if listeners are interested in becoming an entrepreneur or finding out what's going on, we can put you in touch with some of those people. And I think it would be wonderful if uh, entrepreneurs like my wife did 15 years ago, uh, helped start an inner city Christian school, Joshua Christian Academy. You know, let, let's step up and help those parents, help those children find some alternative to some of the, like I said, some of the really bad stuff that's happening. And that leads into our next subject. We had a parental rights in education bill passed this year. We had a school bathroom bill pass this year. Um, Ryan, why don't you share a little bit about why there's concerns in the public schools and why these bills were needed and how the legislature and governor are trying not to just completely let public schools go to pot, but they're actually trying to improve things there too. Yeah, what's amazing about public schools is like my parents would tell me stories about the bad stuff that goes on in, the, in these in the public schools and stuff they did that you know regret doing later on. Your parents? My parents. You know, back in what was this? The when were they going to school? The early eighties, late seventies. Anyway, was that was that back when they were ba- back in the day? The the hippie generation. I think they might have been a little after that. that that's you. <laughs> that was me. Okay. <laughs> so you're the hippies, then my parents, and then you know I go and it's like, whoa, this is even worse than my parents said. <laughs> and now my my younger siblings are there and they're talking about stuff. My sister the other day, you know, I asked, so how many people in your school, you know, really buy into this LGBTQ stuff? Would say that they fall under one of those letters, and she, and she guessed after thinking about it for a while, she guessed one in four. Did which you is, see the headline this week? Which exactly the headline lines up with their guess. <laughs> it's well, just it's just unbelievable. Who who was that by the way that did that survey? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. Nationwide uh, survey showed that one in four kids now identify as LGBTQIA plus. Yeah, I, I don't. I do one not remember. One in four. It is a fad, and it's just <laughs> it's just it's not natural. It, it's not something like you can't. It's not, it can't be genetic because you can't like these groups, <laughs> these letters don't uh, Repro- don't procreate too don't well. Don't reproduce much. They don't. And and how is it growing at this rate? It's just it's exponential. It's it's a problem. And so anyway, these some of the bills that were passed this session are meant to to address that. Um, like uh, the parental rights education bill. Every time we've talked about it, we can't can't even get through all what's in it. But um, you know, one thing it does is it prevents the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity in the younger younger ages, K through six. Um, you mentioned the bathroom bill that you know institutes the age old policy we've had forever that we didn't need a law for before, but we do now. That you know, boys in the boys' room, girls in the girls' room. Um, there's uh, help not harm that passed this year that, that banned uh, you know these these gender transition procedures on on minors that uh, you know are vulnerable to, to making bad decisions when they're younger that they're going to regret later so that, that's gender transition procedures is a nice sanitized way of saying <laughs> yeah sorry removing <laughs> a minor's genitals yep. so that they cannot procreate they will never have kids grandkids great grandkids it is an abomination what is happening in this promotion of minors 
transitioning. That that's a, that yep. sounds like such a nice word. Oh, I'm going to transition to a new job. I'm going to transition from Grinnell to Des Moines. And, no, no, no. This and, is this is surgeries and hormone treatments that sterilize people permanently. Right. And the word transition kind of implies that you can actually move from one to the other when in reality you're just you're still a boy, you're just a, a damaged boy, <laughs> you know, a mutilated one, not you don't become a girl. So it's yeah, transition, not the best word. That's what's in the statute. But um, so the good news. Okay, we we get we get dark, we get gloomy about the direction of the culture. But the good news is at the Capitol, there are leaders, governor, and legislators who are taking the bull by the horns, and they're saying, "No, not in my state, not in our state." And really, th- this is kind of like the first. I suppose there was Save Girl Sports last year, but other than that, when when in the past has the you know rainbow flag crowd actually lost anything? And it's been forty five years since the Stonewall riots, and that was fifty years ago. Uh, yeah, LGBTQ's been on the march, and they have won and won and won and won, and now there's been a slight retrenchment. And man, you should have heard them squeal this year, folks. I mean, the the shrieking and the loud cursing and all that uh, at the LGBTQ on Day on the Hill. Uh, so, so they're not going to go away quietly. But maybe, and I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's a free country. Maybe they'll decide to go to a state that's more affirming to their way of thinking. They have been saying that, let, many of them have said we're going to move out of Iowa because the governor, because the legislature. Uh, I'm just saying for the Christian parent, grandparent, citizen, Iowa is moving in the right biblical direction. Praise God. Amen. So um, a few other bills we're going to wrap up. Uh, there was a bill that said that if you assault... Uh, a pregnant lady, um, then there's a higher criminal penalty than if you assault a non-pregnant lady, meaning that there's two lives at stake. And so that's really a move in the right direction to recognize the humanity of the unborn and to increase the penalties for assault on somebody who's pregnant. Uh, The criminal penalties went, I think, from a C felony to an A felony, which A felony is the worst you can get. And that's for human trafficking. And that's for human trafficking. And folks, if you've ever read about human trafficking, you know that it doesn't get much more evil than taking a a child, usually. The, The average age, I think, of a human trafficking victim is 14 or 15. And using them and abusing them and reusing and reabusing them dozens or hundreds of times. I mean, it, it is just an abomination. So hopefully uh, we will drive human traffickers out of Iowa. You want to do human trafficking? Go to some other place, but don't do it in Iowa. Um, what else, Ryan? Wrap up here. The other key um, things that we were involved in this session, and then we'll close on a, on a high note and... Uh, talk to you about next yeah not not a whole lot happened on life unfortunately this year we were you know kind of disappointed in that but one good thing that did happen at the end of session is uh, included in the hhs budget um, additional funding for the moms program Uh, i think it was increased by a million dollars from last year and so that'll be uh, a good step to help um, 
What's moms? What's HHS and what's moms? Let's see, is it Health and Human Services? I believe yep. that's what it stands for. And yep. moms is more options for mm. maternal support. More <laughs> options for maternal yep. support. Trying to help more moms uh, keep their babies and succeed with their babies. And so the state's really stepping up in anticipation of the heartbeat case ruling that's coming up here in June. So okay, so stay tuned. Ne- next month, we anticipate the Iowa Supreme Court um, rendering a decision on whether or not um, the governor and law enforcement can protect unborn babies once they have a heartbeat. So be in prayer for that. Um, I just want to say thanks so much for your support for us at the Capitol. It was it was a great year. I, I have likened it numerous times for those farmers in the audience to having 350 or 400 bushel an acre corn, which is exceptionally rare, uh, and trying to get as much corn into the bin before it snows as possible. We just had an embarrassment of riches at the Capitol this year. We had our friends in charge. They were passing bills right and left. And really the only thing that kept them from passing some additional good stuff was you got to end the session someday. And they actually went a week overtime. So they did a huge amount of heavy lifting. There are a few things left on our agenda, such as religious liberty and life legislation and that sort of thing. Uh, So we will be back. Uh, the fight never ends, but we made tremendous, tremendous advances this year. Um, I got a hold at six o'clock this morning. I got a hold of or six fifteen. I got a hold of the majority leader in the House and the Senate. The Speaker uh, thanked them for their fabulous work throughout the year, and just hope to uh, thank other key legislators in the coming hours and days. I'd encourage you, listeners, also, uh, if you have a legislator who's a good, good, solid pro-family person, you know, thank them. It's a hard job, but maybe give them a break the next few days because they're going to go home, be tired, want to reconnect with their family and just frankly get some rest. So anyway, with that session wrap up, um, we just thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I hope you'll join us again next time for the Family Leaders Capital Connection. God bless you. Keep praying. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.